Section six of Harper's Young People, Volume One, Issue seventeen, February twenty fourth, eighteen eighty. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by April six zero nine zero, California, United States of America. Harper's Young People, Volume One, Issue seventeen. February twenty fourth, eighteen eighty. Uncle Phil's Thimble by Eleanor Elliot. A rag picker? That's just what I am, sighed a poor girl who stood at one of the long tables in the rag room of a large paper mill. Down each side the table stood a row of girls, some older, some younger than herself, all miserably clothed and all with worn, pinched faces these girls came each day to their work with an eager look in their eyes which burned brightly in the morning flickered fitfully through the day and faded out at night leaving the patient tired look which want and hunger and disappointment bring and which is always ready to take courage and look forward once more for in a pile of rags there sometimes lay a treasure an odd penny an old knife a pair of scissors something that might be taken to the little pawn-shop round the corner and sold a little while ago a girl a lucky girl had a find a bright silver quarter her good luck had been whispered up and down the row but no one betrayed her fortune when the overseer came through the room no exultant look nor envious glance suggested anything unusual for this band of rag pickers had its honour which it held to as closely as the most compact trades union in the land to some of the girls the thought sometimes came is what we find really ours but long generations of workers in the mill had appropriated these finds and it had become a custom if not a right to-day nance at the head of the table felt a keener longing than usual to secure something she had never felt the utter dreariness of her loneliness and poverty so strongly as she had in the last bright christmas season which had been to her only a vision not the sweet reality that it becomes to us who bring it close to us in happy anticipation weeks before it really comes who live in its light and peace and cheer in its sweet givings and receivings and keep its memory with us throughout the year for a whole year nance had been at work in the mill and had had nothing but her regular five cents salary now her long nervous fingers ran rapidly through the pieces making four divisions as she called linen cotton woolen silk linen cotton woolen silk and the different bits dropped into their proper piles like falling leaves while the girl on her right took the cottons and assorted them and the girl on her left went through the woolens in the same way and a girl further up took the silks a stranger was always amused to watch the long rows of quiet bodies nimble fingers and moving lips and to hear the half-whispered counting and calling of colors as they divided the pieces to-day nance had a bag to pick from here lay her chance the girls who took the rags from the bags were the most apt to find treasures and their turn came only once a month she was fast nearing the bottom of the last bag every time she thrust her hand in her heart beat fast and she thought shall i keep it if i find anything once more and her hand touches something cold her fingers close round it and she draws it out 
her head swims she clutches the table with her other hand to keep from falling perhaps after all it is only a button she collects herself and peeps slyly into her hand a gold thimble no one has seen it no one knows and nance slips it into her pocket and goes on with her work but somehow it doesn't run smoothly it is silk cotton woolen linen and then cotton woolen linen silk and the girls find fault because the piles are mixed and then the bell rings and they are free for to-day cautiously nance makes inquiries about the fines how much did they sell things for if they found any my aunt said one girl unst found a gold ring and the jeweler give her a dollar for it he melted it down explained another they always do that he told me one day that if i ever found a gold breast pin or a bracelet which ain't no ways likely you will says he fetch it to me and i'll give you what's right for it so nance's find was really worth money more money too than she could earn in many days steady toil what would it not buy food clothing warmth everything seemed within her reach now that she held that source of wealth in her hand tain't stealin i hope thought nance course not i don't know who it belongs to when alone nance took out the thimble what a dainty little thing it was she tried it on each of her hard bony fingers and laughed to see the poor grimy things wearing a golden crown why there were letters on it real writin cried nance as she paused under a street lamp to spell the word by its light unst i could read writin that first must be a capitan that's what they call them big fellers that stands first it can of a general with his soldiers oh i don't know the capitans never got acquainted when i went to school common letters was good enough for me that tall one that's l and there's round o then r and then i with the dot l o lo r i re lori m e and then another tall l on the end that's m e l mel lorimel now what's the capricin's name lorimel lorimel i've heard that name some airs why it's her that came that day mother lay a-dying and spoke so soft-like and the gentleman with her he called her lorimel no that weren't it florimel florimel that's the name tain't your now nance you know where it belongs you ain't got no right to it now and then came other thoughts what's a gold thimble to her she can buy all she wants gold thimbles and gold scissors and gold needles and sit in a gold chair and sew on a gold gown she hadn't no business leaving a gold thimble in a rag bag them that's careless has to pay for it the curtains were drawn in an elegant house on the avenue a bright fire burned in the grate throwing a warm glow on the delicate walls the beautiful pictures and the snowy marble statues and reflecting itself in the long mirrors seemed as it sparkled and glowed the only thing of life in the room for the young girl who lay back in the luxurious depths of the large chair by the hearth with fair hands lying listlessly in her lap was as white and motionless as the statues around her now and then her lip quivered and an occasional tear stole from under her long lashes but she did not look up till a gentleman entered the room then sprang into his arms and sobbed out in reply to his question of how she had spent the day i've been perfectly miserable papa i've lost my thimble the thimble uncle phil gave me i'd give everything in the world to see it again why my dear little girl that would hardly be worth while 
when you can get another for a few dollars we'll go to-morrow and buy the prettiest ah papa you don't understand all the money in the world can't buy a thimble to take the place of the one uncle phil gave me it was the last thing he ever bought was it darling yes and he said that morning florimel can you sew pretty well and i laughed and said of course not uncle phil what's the need of my sewing great need great need little niece he said sewing is woman's most womanly work and though you may never need to sew for yourself if you knew how you might teach hundreds of poor girls to sew and clothe themselves and their families my little daughter teaching a sewing school how funny it would be so that afternoon we went into shreves and selected one and had my name engraved on it and that night uncle phil was taken ill so of course i feel badly papa don't you see why yes florimel but perhaps we shall find this thimble have you had janet search for it indeed i have all day long i had it yesterday at work on my kensington and think janet must have taken it up among the bits of worsted when she put them into the scrap bag and anne sold all the scraps last night to the ragman oh dear i shall never see it again if you please sir said jacobs appearing in the doorway there's a vagrant at the basement door three times i've sent her away and three times she has returned every time asking for miss florimel and saying she must see her to see me at the basement door how strange and florimel forgot her tears in her eagerness to see what the poor child at the door could want her papa hurried downstairs after her and saw her face radiant with joy as she held in her hand a gold thimble while a scantily clothed girl stood beside her awkwardly twisting the corner of her shabby shawl oh papa this girl nancy found my thimble among some rags and brought it back to me oh what can i do for her papa how do you know whose the thimble was my child i warn't sure sir faltered nance whose honour had outweighed her longing for money and the comfort it would bring and had brought her through the long city to seek the rightful owner of the thimble i warn't sure but i knew her name for herself and a gentleman came once to see my mother long ago that was uncle phil said florimel he used often to take me when he went to visit the poor but how did you know where i lived i knew the house cause he told me to come here unst for some soup for mother and i came and got it how is your mother now she's dead miss sobbed nance and so is uncle phil and the two girls the one so fair and beautiful and carefully guarded the other so pale and pinched and friendless forgot for a moment all but their sorrow their longing for the dear dead faces they could never see again but florimel's papa called janet to see that nancy was warmed and fed after her long cold walk and took florimel into the library to see what they really could do for this poor but honest girl florimel at first insisted upon having her own little maid but her papa convinced her that nancy was too ignorant for such a position and they finally decided that the best thing to do for her would be to give her a good home where she could learn to do all kinds of nice work and could also go to school why papa i know the very place for nancy nurse susan lives all alone now her niece has gone out to service and nancy could live with her that is a very bright thought little daughter 
it would be a comfort to susan to have a young girl with her and the money we should pay for nancy's board would lighten her expenses let us send now for nancy and see if she likes the idea did nance like the idea did she like to think she need never go back to the bustling dusty mill that she need not go again to that miserable tenement house which she called home where she shared one tiny room with seven other girls that she need not know again what it was like to battle with hunger and cold did she like to feel that she should have a home in the sweet fresh country that her work should be in a garden in a dairy in a neat little cottage that clothing food and the learning to be a good woman would lie within her reach End of section 6